Hi, everyone. It's Crystal, and this is Debatable, the podcast breaking down controversial topics, unpopular opinions, and social issues one conversation at a time. We are going to revisit another discussion from the Unpopular Opinion series about the body positivity movement, whether um, it had put too much of a focus on positivity, whether it's been taken over by people who never needed it, and why it is so important to be intersectional in this space. So to really discuss this and get to the heart of the issue, I am so excited to introduce you all to April Watson, aka Bodzilla, a podcaster and body love activist. Thank you so much for giving me your time, April. Oh, you're so welcome, Crystal. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Uh, When I got your email, I was kind of like, oh, I need to check out this account. And I have been loving, absolutely loving what you've been posting. Um, It's a great, it's a great relief when you're scrolling through Instagram to see things that you agree with, because I feel like there's a propensity to run across lots of things that you don't agree with, which is where obviously curating your feed for a feel good moment uh, when you're using social media is really important because uh, m- much more often these days I'm like, yes, 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 as opposed to, oh, not this again. <laughs> so it's it's really nice. I know it's tricky to, to balance the like, I want to feel good. I'm trying to challenge myself. This is all making me too sad. Um, <laughs> but I will say the feeling is absolutely mutual. I'm just so into your Instagram account and your podcast. I just think you have one of the most intelligent, warm places that is discussing these issues around bodies and popular culture and all of that. So you should be so proud of what you've created. Wow, it's phenomenal. That's an incredible compliment. Thank you so much. I I definitely think that there is still room for us to talk about things without having to feel bad. I think that being able to sit with discomfort is very different to um, making people uncomfortable. That is music to my ears and I think sets us up well for a really great conversation and discussion today. To start, I want to go like right back to basics, basics, which I think is something I wish I had done before I started wading into the area of body positivity. So if someone was coming across this movement for the very first time, how would you describe it to them? Like what is really at its core? So the body positivity movement has been something that came about in the 60s. It was uh, incepted by uh, fat black women who were trying to reclaim or take, I guess, a little bit of uh, the the mainstream media spotlight and more generally just society's respect, I guess, for the marginalised bodies of people who have been long overlooked, um, I guess, for me, what it means today is slightly different, but the history is really important because I think like anything, uh, once it gets into the mainstream, it does get distilled, it gets co-opted. Uh, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about what that means in real life, mm. but I think for someone who's brand new to the words body positivity, I would be really hopeful that the message that they would take away is that this movement is for people who are not what we might think of as the default, that is to say, average or thin white men and women. So obviously that doesn't take into account the movements and the uh, 
the leaps and bounds that we've taken since the original movement to talk more about non-binary or um, gender fluid identities and everything like that as well, um, queer and trans bodies, uh, bodies with disabilities, you know, the list of people, you know, we, I talk a lot about intersectionality and I think the list of people is non-exhaustive because everybody's different. It is really crucial though because I definitely think, I mean, as I mentioned I wish I had a better understanding of what the origins of the movement were before I like decided to just, you know, open my big mouth and weigh in basically. <laughs> um, and I, and I think the reason that I didn't know is something that we're, we're going to get to is, is the origins have kind of been obscured um, to the point where we're now looking at something that is, can potentially be really far from from where it all started um so I'll just do a quick recap I'm not sure if you're familiar with the unpopular opinion series that um we run on ZFeed sometimes and for anyone listening who maybe isn't familiar it's basically just we'll share someone's opinion and then kind of let our followers like weigh in on either side and and show a pretty even spread of what people are thinking so the very original one of this was mine um and about the body positivity movement, putting too much of a focus on bodies and reinforcing the the need to sort of like love your body and be overwhelmingly positive to your body was one that um, I was criticising and it didn't kind of sit well for, with me. When I look back at that now, I think there are two really obvious issues with what I thought and what I said. The first is that I guess as a straight-sized, able-bodied person, I had loads of privilege that I just wasn't even factoring in and it's such a huge blind spot for me and something that I've been working on. The second issue is that it's clear that the reason, part of the reason I didn't have a good understanding of the movement is because what I was seeing and mistaking for body positivity was a slightly different trend of mostly women with mostly normal bodies like fitness influencers, models, um, entertainment personalities posting images of their bodies and talking about insecurities or bloating or how posing can change like how your body appears and calling that body positivity yeah and I think you know even though I didn't totally understand deep down something about that I knew wasn't sitting quite right and I was wrongly getting mad at this label of body positivity when really it was the fact that something actually that was quite radical it was being kind of manipulated and changed yeah um colonized and yeah absolutely colonized (laughs) I'm like let's let's get out there let's just let's call it what it is yeah let's but but let's let's legitimately look at something and go why does this make me feel a little bit wild uh because it isn't okay and I think um obviously before we started recording we had a really quick chat and I touched on a couple of um of the elements of this aspect of the body acceptance movement or the mm-hmm. overcoming insecurities movement because it could have a lot of different names um I I did have a conversation with someone um in a Facebook group about they suggested maybe we should change the name of body positivity so people don't get confused and I was kind of like maybe the people that tried to steal it should change the name of what they're stealing you know like what why are we changing the name of what we're trying to achieve I actually saw a post today from 
Carissa, I'm not going to say her surname because I don't want to pronounce it wrongly, but her name's Carissa, but she's at Fat Girl Flow. And she has put up a YouTube video to say what to expect going forward and that she is no longer using the word body positivity or body positive anymore uh, because she feels like it's not, people are not recognizing it for what it is. It's a little bit like Alanis Morissette and the word ironic because (laughs) we all know what we think it means because of that song. But that if you look it up, yeah, it's n- it's not actually that's not the definition. So um, it's been twisted along the way. Yeah, and I think that not by the people who created it, by by other people that's right. who come in to claim it. That's right. And and it's a pretty you know I know that as I said there is there is a place or there's a need. I I prefer to come at most things trying to be understanding and empathetic to the fact that it's hard to hear hard things especially about yourself. So if someone's calling you out and saying, this isn't for you, can you like go and do your insecurities over there and stop trying to be part of what we're doing? That's not to say that you're wrong or that you shouldn't be allowed to do what you're doing, but it's about being able to delineate what is for everyone and what is for certain people. Because when essentially when we're handing out participation awards for body positivity, there's no ability for people to feel like it's relatable anymore because everybody's doing it. Uh, and I think that there should be no limit on how much people can love their bodies, be appreciative of the, the what their bodies can do. I think that body neutrality is a really powerful way to be able to say, my body's the least interesting thing about me, um, you know, whether it's your weight or whether it's the abilities that your body has or what that might be because obviously, um, as I've said in the past, your body's a vessel for your soul. So that's the most interesting thing about you is what's inside. And, again, I sound deeply hallmark today, but that's <laughs> what I actually believe because I think if I had a different body, if I would continued to move um, from on the scales downward, I would still be the person that I am today and I'd still be really pissed off at the fact that people whose bodies have never experienced bias because of their weight are talking about oh, it's okay to look like me of course it is you're the thin ideal it always has been shut up <laughs> like as my mum would say if somebody I was friends with in high school would go oh I'm so fat and my mum would say to me oh I wish I was as fat as them and I think that's what we're talking about those people who see themselves as something negative comparing themselves to me to my mum to my family to my friends and being like, oh, I feel this way and it's not good. And I'm like, well, I actually am this way and I want to feel good about that. Yeah, this is something that I have been struggling with um, and I think a lot of women don't realise the inherent awfulness in the things that they say about themselves, oh, yeah. what it reflects on other people. Yeah. If I'm feeling like shit and I say, oh, I feel, you know, I feel terrible I feel so fat as a slim person I know that feeling's gonna pass but what I've just done is connect the idea of being fat with being terrible bad and awful Mm -hmm. or feeling terrible bad and awful Mm -hmm. and I haven't said it about anybody else I've said it about myself but that connection is obviously in my brain that's how I go out in the world and to a certain extent, like that's what I think because otherwise it wouldn't come so naturally out of my mouth. I completely agree. And I have been talking about this particular topic and the fact that what we're saying isn't it going into a vacuum. And even with the, this is something that you picked up on that I, I haven't really discussed previously, but your internal monologue 
may not be being projected onto other people in an active way because they're not hearing you say, I am X, therefore I am Y. I feel fat. I feel terrible. I look ugly and fat, whatever it is. Um, But because you're going out into the world, as you say, with that in your mind, even without realising that unconscious bias to look at someone and maybe it isn't even about criticising them because obviously, you know, that's not, not everybody's out there criticizing people, but having an inherent idea that when you look at someone whose body is fat, that you go, oh, or that you go, oh, or whatever it is, whatever feeling that that gives you, we're really like, you should have no feeling because A, it's none of your business, but B, there's nothing wrong with having a fat body. Absolutely. And it's not, it shouldn't trigger anything in you because it just doesn't affect you at all. Like it doesn't yeah. affect me at all. Like so why you wouldn't would I... look at someone and go, oh, they've got a beard. Like what? <laughs> <And> <laughs> no. Which, you know, like it was the first thing that came to my mind. Although depending on the beard, like if there was mice nesting. Well, you're right. Like, you, wouldn't look at, you wouldn't look look at someone and say, oh, a blonde, how sad, how terrible for them. Oh, Gosh, yeah. Imagine. Oh, their hair's, you know, their hair's so long or their hair's so short. Oh, no, terrible. Um, They can't be very healthy. You know, like what? What we've seen over and over and over again, even in the last, I don't even know, time's a construct. So I'm going to say last week with Pete Evans and Magda Zhabansky, Um mm. That is not an acceptable way for a public, someone in the public eye to speak about someone else in the public eye, especially when that person is already a bit problematic let's be honest why are we listening to Pete Evans well I'm not but why is anyone I mean I think I think saying he's a bit problematic is probably being very generous well that's me (laughs) generous to a fault um (laughs) but (laughs) realistically the problem I have is that Pete and people like him go out on the street and look at people like me and my fat friends and say and do and think the same things that were getting posted all over the internet about Magda. And it's because so much of it is internalised. Well, actually, do you know what? That's unfair. I don't think for, I, I think for Pete Evans, it's probably not even just an internalised thing that he's not aware of. I think he's fully aware of a lot of the things that he says, including yeah, the awful comments he absolutely. made about Magda But for a lot of people, they go out and it's internalised and they don't even realise the judgement that's loaded in others. Yeah, whether that's in the judgment of themselves as well is is irrelevant because we still put that on other people. Absolutely, and I think when your internalized bias and discrimination becomes externalized, you become a weapon. Um, people will hide behind you and say, "Oh, well, someone that I look up to said this, and therefore, you know, I I also think this, and I can validate myself against them because I think that their opinion has value." Part of what. Um, I guess like my kind of read on why it's all been getting so lost in meaning is that we have a really bad, we just seem to have no way to distinguish the line between our own personal insecurities, which are something that we personally experience and actual discrimination Um, because we kind of equate, uh, I'm just seeing this in a lot of different spaces and not just in the body positivity realm where something bad happening to me as an individual is kind of like being conflated with discrimination just because I had a negative experience. And that kind of seems like it's happening within body positivity as well, where people, as we've said, are um, talking about their insecurities, wrapping that up in the movement, but then taking the microphone away, taking the attention away from people who actually do suffer from discrimination because of their body. Um, 
whether that is their size, whether that is, you know, because of disability. Does it feel that way to you as well as someone who's, you know, you're active in this space? Yeah, it definitely does. I think that uh, I have an example that doesn't relate to body positivity. I have a friend who uh, is currently using dating apps and also um, has a public Instagram profile. So she has uh, habitually posted as part of her bad dating stories or bad profile stories, people who have just just nope, just nope profiles, you know, where the, you know, their problematic opinion is that feminism doesn't exist or, I don't know, Donald Trump is right or something along those lines. Uh, And also... It's like shooting fish in a barrel on those apps. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Not hard to find, unfortunately. I might just swipe my phone right into a river. Um, And so she also has no problem sharing deeply inappropriate DMs that she gets. She gets this DM from someone and they're asking her for sexy photos so she posts them and this person then replies to her story and goes can you take those down like my username's in those you're slut shaming me um that's what it's it's not it's not what slut shaming is but also what like so the idea that people will get a hold of a movement or an idea or a concept or an issue and then look for a way to apply it to themselves is dead right uh, whether it be, um, you know, people who get papped, you know, celebrities who get papped, who then say, that's not me, that's not a picture of me, here's a picture of me that's not edited, to reaffirm the idea that don't worry, I'm not that fat person that the paps are taking photos of, um, I'm, I'm definitely not, I'm a, I'm a thin person, um, but I got fat shamed. Well, no, that's not you, you said it's not you, so that doesn't, you don't make any sense. Um, you're fat shaming yourself, you're, you're, propelling the idea that being fat is bad by so vehemently denying that you are the picture you are the person in that picture because that person is looks a certain way so it's tiresome to say the least uh for me to keep seeing these people who are like yes same that happened to me as well like I totally understand because once I went to the bikini went to the beach and I wore a bikini and some people looked at me and I was just like feeling so fat shamed what (laughs) That ain't it. That ain't it, sis. It's just not it. It's just not. Um, and I, that's, I have spent a lot of time and less so in recent times, which is hard because I think people are afraid of talking in front of me these days. I get a lot of that like, oh, I just I can't say anything right so I won't say anything. I'm like, mm, that's okay. I hate that. <laughs> that's like I just, I fucking hate when people say that because it's like, well, you don't want to not say it you know that it's wrong you're still saying like, it you're, you're saying, saying that it yourself you know you know that what you're thinking is wrong <laughs> if you're if you think it's problematic honey it is and and also when you're being so passive and not taking any action and just saying that you will say nothing rather than say something and get it wrong you're complicit you are perpetuating the idea of whatever it is that negative thing um because every time you don't say no you're saying yes you're just allowing well it's like the old you know when you're in primary school it was a long time and they teach you (laughs) for me (laughs) and that one of the few lessons I've hung on to hung on to from primary school alongside no hat no play (laughs) is if you see someone being bullied and you don't um stop them or say anything about it you know stop the bully then you're just as bad as the bully yeah that's exactly what this is I would be lying if I didn't say I engaged in a little bit of bullying myself. But that was mostly I found, as I look back on it, uh, a defence mechanism. I would I would go out of my way to be 
you know, when we think about bullying and intimidation and all those kinds of things, it's usually done as a way to coerce someone to do what you want. And what I wanted was to be left alone. So I wanted people mm-hmm. to be like, whoa, God, that chick's crazy. Get away from her. Um, and that would mean that I wouldn't get hassled and attacked and teased and have things thrown at me and whatever. So, yeah, it's a really hard one because I think that the bullying and the really nasty stuff that kids say and do starts so early, so, so early. So I think it really does, you know, I think I would probably back in the day roll my eyes at this, but now I realise it does start at home. Um, I, I feel sure that kids who are growing up today are still going to be or still going to have parents who don't feel the same way as you and I about importance of feminism and equality and body Mm -hmm. positivity and acceptance for all people um they're gonna be biased they're gonna discriminate they're gonna be racist uh, because we have got a long long way to go but I think if we have vocal parents we're gonna have vocal kids and that means that there are going to be more allies and more change makers coming up in the rank and part of that too is not just I mean obviously I think everybody hopes and tries to teach their kids the right way to be in the world Um, but I think particularly when it comes to issues of self-esteem and issues around our bodies it's also making sure that we don't use the language that comes instinctively to us around our kids yeah you know like I I imagine it will be very hard I don't I don't have kids now but if I do to catch myself and make sure that they don't ever hear me say oh I feel so Hmm. fat Mm -hmm. when I mean that I don't feel very good because it's also important to know when you're not feeling your best self like it's important to be in tune to those negative emotions but not give them a label that it's not yeah absolutely that is so right and you know I do have a I have a child and um, I get a lot of I get a lot of comments or just general passing kind of moments like, you know, you'd be playing a game running around <laughs> and he's run into me and he goes, oh, mum, your bum is so bouncy. And I was like, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it really is. Thank you. So you have to take that as it's meant, I think, because that the innocence of that can't be you honestly can't overlook how sweet it is for them to be like, I'm really just vibing how bouncy it is. This is great. Being here with that you. is so pure. Is a great, right? It's like it's a great time. I have a friend whose daughter used to like to touch my arms. I've got quite big arms because I have self-diagnosed lipedema. And uh, so I have quite big arms. And she used to just, I'd be talking and I'd just feel this little hand on my arm. She'd be like, feels so nice. And her mum would be like, oh, God, stop doing that. And I'm like, it's fine. Why? She likes me. She feels comfortable touching me. It's not inappropriate. I feel fine about this. She's happy. She's just, I'm like, what if she was touching the back of my hand? No one would think that was weird. We're only scared because for some reason we think that her talking about what my body feels like because it's different, I'm using air quotes that no one can see there, um, that we should stop her from doing that? Why? I want her to give me a compliment. My arm feels nice. Thanks, babe. So does yours. Like, it doesn't have to be negative. You're you're propelling the negativity by telling her, don't, t- don't touch fat people's arms. What? And projecting, you know, projecting your own shame about. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, well, and I think it was. Pat- what's an acceptable arm? And what's <laughs> well, not yeah, an well, what arm? is an arm? Um, was like, you know, I think that um, my this particular friend is someone who I must give so much credit to for the great insightful questions and the way that she tries to learn more with and from me uh, as far as body positivity, um, Black Lives Matter, all, all the different things that we're kind of talking about much more so these days. And she is passing that on to her kids. She has lots of great talks about um, let's go for a walk so that we can get some fresh air and clear our heads. She doesn't talk about you know, um, eating and then having to walk it off. She's very conscious. Like she is so active in the ways that she doesn't say the things that she says to herself out loud. Uh, And I really do admire her a lot in that way. And I think that if more, if more parents were ready to talk about their own shit, (laughs) excuse my French, it's not even French, um, that they would, then find it easier to handle as a parent, but you have to kind of come to it yourself first and then be able to change what comes so naturally. That unlearning is so incredibly hard and it's constant because what you unlearn today, you fall asleep and you wake up, you've got to kind of start over again. It's a little bit Groundhog Day and it has to be habitual. I was talking to Abby the other day on the podcast about body checks, which I don't know if you have heard the episode, but I was talking about the fact that, you know, if you're walking past like a shop window and you're walking, especially if you're walking with a friend or if you're having a down down day around your appearance and you might look at yourself and think, oh, I mm-hmm. look a certain way. Body checks is what is what I have uh, termed them. My friend Lizzie from Two Minute Moves brought that up um, in a post once and I was like, yeah, this is me. That's my life. I do this every day. So when I go to do that, because I can often, I often feel myself like I turn to the side or I'll like, you know, look at my chin or, try, you know, that self-critical analysis. You go to the zones as well. It's like there's the same places that you kind yep, of look totally. at. Everybody has their areas. Yes. And so the way that I combat this and I'm unlearning this and still unlearning is I'm, I make this really terrible noise. The answer is incorrect. Buzzer noise. Ah, I do that noise to myself. <laughs> And I, like sometimes I have to do it out loud. So I'm sorry to every single person who's been terrified while they were taking a wee in a public toilet with me in there. Ah, what the hell? It just hurts. <laughs> Literally, lucky you're on a toilet because you just shit yourself. Um, and they're wondering, like, is that in the cubicle? Yeah. Is that out of the Did cubicle? I, do I don't even know where it's coming like, from. <laughs> is this? Uh, yeah. So um, body checks, and and I've now carried that across to when I'm about to say I feel so. Uh, or especially about things where you might be going to say something that sounds like concern but is actually just being fat phobic, you know, mm-hmm. so, oh, I shouldn't eat that because it's, it's a bit naughty. Uh, anything where you think it's a, it's a bad habit that you need to break, I don't know if the uh, noise is going to work for everyone. Anything, God, we've built, that like noise. anything we've built judgment into. Yes, yeah. Whether it's like for ourselves, it doesn't yes. matter. It's like if you're if you're judging yourself, yep. that's when you need the uh, noise. <laughs> I like. I feel it. like I need some practice. You did, the, you did it so gently. I'm really quite aggressive. <laughs> I also hit a buzzer while I was doing oh, it. Oh, you pressed your hand see, down? But... Yeah, a little like yeah. a red button. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, and as I was saying before I started speaking absolute rubbish, was that unlearning the things about our bodies and just generally about negative biases and other things that we should be trying to 
unlearn is that we can do it, but it does have to be active. You don't just suddenly go, I've decided I'm not going to judge people anymore. And then you wake up in the morning, you're like, nope, no judgment, none from me. Um, I think you you have to practice it. It has to be active. There's no, you cannot be passive in your unlearning. Because if it was that easy, we wouldn't have these all problems to begin with. We'd all do it. And then Pete Evans would just disappear because when you don't pay attention to people who are ridiculous and who have problematic opinions and validate your judgmental thoughts, they just disappear. They just disintegrate. Yeah, like that episode of The Simpsons. Oh, God, I wish I could dream that into existence. <laughs> um, Why do I always? I, wanna, <laughs> I, I do want to touch on like something that we've kind of broached a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's the positivity yeah. element of body positivity. Yeah. This might be because I'm coming to all of this quite late and still kind of learning about it, but positivity is something that I struggle with at the best of times. I just, um, the podcast episode that went up today actually was about optimism and how I'm trying to redefine that for myself because I think the traditional definitions just don't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the, you know, like some of the comments that kind of agreed with the criticisms of the body positivity movement were people saying that they kind of were vibing with the growing body neutrality movement Mm -hmm. which is then saying okay rather than reinforcing and like going really hard at that message of loving your own body which as you've just said like it is it is work and it's labor and you have to work at it every day and you have to keep catching yourself and it can be quite taxing yeah instead with body neutrality the overarching idea is then that we just take the focus off our bodies particularly for women like let's just not let's just stop making this the focus of everything we are Mm -hmm. and let them be kind of so to speak um and my I mean I definitely feel drawn to that and my feeling is that by you know also taking the spotlight off our body and physicality and that leaves less room for the conventional bodies the white bodies the conventional beauty ideas to come in and take it over because actually not about how you look at all Mm. and it's just goes into that idea of it not being really that interesting yeah but you're a huge advocate of the positivity kind of space like how does body neutrality sit in with that and how do you feel about that sort of alternate I think body neutrality is for a lot of people a more realistic goal I think Mm -hmm. if you especially if at the moment the end of the spectrum that you're on is self-hate and and really toxic thoughts about your body um you know that might be whether you've had or have um, or recovering from an eating disorder it might be because you live in a body that is marginalized there's lots of reasons why you might not feel good about yourself and a median point for you might be body neutrality and yes you may grow into a feeling of positivity but to simply you know Jamila Jamil has talked about it imagine just not thinking about your body you're not hating it you're not loving it you're just a floating head um and I think to be able to ignore your body in some ways would be more helpful than to be able to try to go I love it I love it so much all the time Mm -hmm. because that that borders on that kind of toxic positivity which I truly truly hate um and I don't think that you don't need to pretend to love your body all the time and you don't need to be super active in making sure that everybody around you doesn't say anything bad about themselves ever but if people could just stop believing bad things that aren't even true, are constructs, um, then I think that's a really positive thing that's really useful. If the goal of body neutrality is to be at peace with your body, to simply accept it without judgment, without feelings in one way or the other, 
then I think so many people would benefit from that. I honestly think that body neutrality is something, and I don't have a good handle on the origin, so I won't try to speak too much on it as a movement itself because I, I don't. Um, I've always been more of a Bopo girl. That comes a lot from now when I look back on it, the fetishization of the fact that I have, uh, I'm a mixed race person. So in the past, you know, being called sexy, exotic or, you know, things like that. Mm. So trying to embrace those things that previously might have made me feel a little bit weird, that for me has been trying to turn that into a good thing or like where I was feeling some type of way about someone said, oh, yeah, you've got, you know, someone's like, oh, you've got a big ass. I'd be like, yeah, I do. So that for me. Kind of owning it yeah, more so. That, like, so that's yeah. the positivity because I'm turning it on its head, whereas neutrality would just be like, I agree. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. And, and I, yeah, I still I get think that. both is good. If you're not saying I know and I hate it, then that's a good thing. Um, also, you know, I have friends who, for whatever reason, whether it be their mental health or other factors that stop them from being able to be heavily engaged in that kind of upbeat, super duper, I'm so happy today, positive, woo, because I, I do feel like body positivity does lend itself to being very bright and bubbly and be out there and be who you want to be. And some people can't be so overt and so extroverted with yeah. how they feel about themselves. There's a reason that we all are so different and have different personalities. We're all adding something to the world. And sometimes it isn't about how big and how loud and how bright what you add is. It's just about your contribution. And I think if you are contributing something to just to yourself, if, if you're just simply having grace with yourself and giving yourself a minute to be like, nobody's perfect and I'm not perfect and I'm okay with that, that is the best that you can possibly do and, and I'm here for it. I definitely think that there's no way, you know, the body positivity movement has allowed the space for you know, the body neutrality or body acceptance kind of concept. Well, you can't compete at being to emerge. You can't show up yes, how neutral you are. You can't. <laughs> and, and we kind of have needed that to come. You know, we've needed positivity to come first and to kind of like forge ahead mm-hmm. and blaze the path, you know, all the way to the other end of the spectrum yeah. for those kind of shades of grey, I suppose, and the different manifestations of it to emerge and people will find different things that really speak to them and and that fit them better. Um, but it definitely, I think, could not have come about if the body positivity movement wasn't so strong and, you know, forged by such formidable, incredible women. I definitely agree. And I think resilience is the name of the game because it is, you know, when we talk about movement, the movement being co-opted and we talk about these people who are living in a an ideal, quote-unquote, ideal body and still performing their anxieties and insecurities as something to be accepted over the top of people whose bodies are genuinely being marginalised, overlooked and criticised, it's kind of like, well, I'll just shut up then because there's no point. So I think that we have to say, no, 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 hang on, Uh, I'm talking. And this is where um, I've talked about uh, something that was brought to my attention by Rafaela Mancuso, who is an amazing activist who I follow on Instagram and I love her, highly recommend, uh, that she has talked about passing the mic. So it's not about the fact that you can't talk. It's about allowing other people who actually live this experience to go first, to speak loudest, to pass them the mic. So for a lot of those people who have been uh, ad- admitting or sharing their insecurities and their anxieties, uh, I guess in a way to allow people to feel like you're not alone. I am not 
saying that that's a bad thing, but I do think it's not good for them to be doing it over the top of people who are living in bodies that are constantly criticised. For example, um, I I don't know if you've heard Fat Lip Podcast, um, but Ashley is uh, the creator of that and she also is someone who lives in, uh, you know, a bigger body. She today posted... Uh, happy Infini first of September. So she is someone who refers to herself as an Infini fat. So those are people who are oversized six, extra large, or thirty six in US sizing. And uh, I think someone like her, like she's, I guess, putting herself out there in a way that needs to be seen because there are other people who live in bodies like hers. And and if every single person who's clicking on hashtag body positivity is seeing. I don't know, random influencer be like, oh, I thought my bum looked big, but don't worry, like bums are supposed to be big. That person can't get anything from you. I don't, I feel, and, and Michelle Andrews commented to me the other day that it's kind of annoying that I have to keep qualifying what I'm saying. Of, I don't think it's bad that people would love their bodies, but and she's like, it's so like, it's dumb because the whole point is you're trying to say the people who don't love their bodies, the people whose bodies are constantly subjected to criticism uh, don't need your apologies about other people's bodies or you're, you're, you know, making it okay and making it feel okay for everyone. But I suppose what I want is for my, the privilege that I have being someone who, although I am a fat woman, I also grew up in a white family. I have had access to great medical care in Australia. Um, as a mixed race person, I still gain white gain from white privilege my proximity to whiteness allows me to speak in circles where someone who potentially comes from an, another um, background wouldn't be accepted so easily it would be wrong of me and it would be a waste of my privilege not to speak up in a way that feels accessible and palatable to people who need to hear what needs to be heard you're almost you're using your privilege to speak to the people out there who might never see anybody else. You might be the most extreme version they've ever yes. seen in their life. Yes. Even though that is not the case. Not even close. But That's yes. not what it exists in the world. Exactly. But you're, you're the most extreme. Yeah. You might be the most brown person <laughs> someone's ever come mm-hmm. across. Absolutely. But for someone you might. And, no, I mean, look, I actually feel like that's definitely a thing. Uh, I am also not the voice. Uh, no one is the voice of body positivity. Mm-hmm. But if my voice is going to get through to people who would have otherwise been like, I'm not listening to that. I don't care about that. You can't make me give a shit about that. Well, maybe, just maybe if I get through to one person or, you know, I got a message this week, I popped up some photos of me and my undies because that's how I roll. Um, and I got a message from some of the guys. There's so many plus size, beautiful women in the world who still have a belly button. And I've never felt represented or like I could wear what they wear because my belly button is hidden. So thank you for sharing your photos. I feel a little less alone this morning. And I mean, that's so lovely. Look, I, did I have a little cry? Maybe I did. Um, I, <laughs> I, yeah, bodies are what they are. And I think I've, you know, I've had a baby. I have had, um, like full disclosure, I don't know if everybody knows this about me, but I had weight loss surgery five years ago. So actually, oh, hey, do you know what is a really telling thing? Um, and I'm just realizing this uh, live while we're chatting. Um, the 
anniversary of when I had my surgery was last week and I didn't even notice. Like I didn't even pay attention to it. It used to be something that I celebrated. It's been one year since I changed my life because, of course, internalised fat phobia is real. And I used to get so excited. I used to weigh this much and now I weigh this much. And, I, you know, and I, all props to people who are on some kind of physical change kind of, I don't like the word journey, but it was the only one that came to mind, um, if that's, for them to feel a certain type of way, I guess, um, because, I mean, it's not just about the scale going down, it's also about it going up. I recognise that. And the fact that people who have had an extremely low body weight, gaining weight, is also a weight change mm-hmm. journey. So I don't want to discount that. I don't want to write it off. And I don't want to say that if you're trying to lose weight that you're anything because I don't have an opinion about your body because your body's yours and you own it. It's fine. But I guess for me, those messages that were coming to me and then that I was putting out about how how good is it that I weigh less? Uh, nope. Um, like I just, I don't think that it's positive and I, I feel really kind of happy about the fact that I could let that go by and not even have a second thought about it because that change happened at a time in my life where I thought that that was going to fix my life, that weighing less was going to fix my life. Um, but as I said to my friend Amanda the other day, uh, I fixed my life when I got rid of toxic people, when I stopped caring about trying to please the male gaze, when I realised that I have an amazing support network and I should lean into them, when I realised that therapy is good for everyone and everyone should have it. Um, or I, I could have done all of that and still had the extra 50, 60 kilos on. But I didn't and that's okay. Um, but I just want other people to know that you can fix your life if that's what you're trying to do or you can change what's not good about your world without changing your weight you can change how you feel absolutely without having to do anything you can change how you see what you want to do yeah yeah if that's not what you really want to do like I have sometimes I feel like I tie myself up up tie myself up in knots trying to figure out what I actually want versus what I've just internalized from what we're all told we socially should want and need to do and it's really fucking hard mm-hmm. like it's really hard you know um so completely agree like don't don't judge anyone who's on that quote-unquote journey <laughs> and it's just up to the individual to do what is best for them and the thing is that only they will know that and you know potentially the professionals who are working with them yeah. like therapists everybody I think everybody should really see a therapist Look, I reckon a, a few of us would go to less person. therapy if the people we knew went to a bit more um Oof. and I do think that you're right I think medical uh experts and health practitioners who have engaged in health at every size learning and things like that I I definitely think that there is room for us to talk about weight and how there are real moments in time where your body might feel a certain kind of way in relation to your weight it uh for people Mm -hmm. who've ever been pregnant uh they might realize that wow I feel so different my hips my whatever blah blah blah, because I'm carrying weight and carrying another human inside me plus everything that goes with um you know that type of thing or the way that you know um if you sustain an injury and how that you know can feel different you know whatever it might be but it's about not conflating health and size fat thin healthy unhealthy 
No, I think we all know that binaries are harmful and pointless, except when it comes to actual computer code. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Apart from the zeros and the Mm -hmm. ones, and even then can sometimes be pretty dangerous depending on how they're wielded. Yeah, well, that's true. The binaries binaries are bad. (laughs) No matter what, in any subject, let's just stop doing them. And there's a reason that, you know, people's health is between them and their doctor and maybe, you know, special loved ones for a reason Mm -hmm. like it's not anybody else's business doesn't affect take your concern trolling and yeah i mean i'm very into body positivity but surely it can't be healthy to be uh, off you go no wrong we're hitting the we're hitting hitting the dump we're hitting that buzzer and you are out of here (laughs) we'll end on one final note which is something that i i always try to do um is is something a little bit more actionable that maybe anybody listening could take away and mull over or try themselves. Is there one thing that you would love anyone who's listened to our conversation and and it's kind of sparked something in them, love them to walk away and do or try or unpack for themselves? I want you to get up in the morning if you're listening to this at night and if you're listening in the morning, get up from wherever you are and go to the mirror, look at the mirror and say to yourself, I am worthy. Because everything after that is just part of a construct. But you are worthy. What's inside of you, you are an important person. Somebody in the world is better off because you're here, no matter what your body looks like, no matter what your skin colour is, no matter who's made you feel a certain kind of way about yourself, you need to know you are worthy, you are important, and you are going to do great things. Oh, my goodness. Can you say that to me every morning? <laughs> just when I play can? that over. Just I'm just going to play time. that. <laughs> make it your alarm. Just me saying that and be like, okay, I can do it. Um, I, Everybody has permission to take that clip and make it their alarm yeah. for first thing I, in the morning. I should do it and make it my own alarm. You should. I'd get out of bed on time if I did that. Oh, my lordy. Um, it, it's important. It's important to know that you're worthy because – it's so easy for those slings and arrows from one too many scrolls on the Instagram or um, some teacher or parent or relative person uh, to, to say something to you that cuts you right to your heart and makes you believe that your worth has been deflated or lowered somehow and it just isn't true. I'll add to that my own actually. Do. Because this is Please. something that I've tried to start doing and I think everybody should do it. When you are doing that scroll and you see a picture of someone that you follow, if their body makes you feel bad about your own body, just unfollow them. Just get it out of your feed because you don't need to be making yourself feel bad for no reason. Yeah. It's nothing bad on them. Totally. It's not a slide at them. It's not shady. You just no, don't need to be putting yourself in a negative headspace towards your own flesh and blood. Absolutely. Just give it one of these ah, and just unfollow. <laughs> Thank you so much, April. I just so appreciate it. And you are absolutely as warm over the airways as you, airwaves as you are on Instagram. Oh, thank you so much. I am so keen to hear everybody's thoughts about this episode and this issue. I'd love to know what you think about the body positivity movement and how you feel about your own body. Are you more positive? Are you more neutral? Are you still on that quote-unquote journey my dms are always open so please feel free to send me a message or an email at hey at zfeed.com.au and if you like what you've heard and you think the world needs more of these big good conversations about the stuff that really matters please help us out by sharing debatable with a friend subscribing and just keep talking about it all we want to change the world one conversation at a time